Hello, everyone, and good morning. Good Sunday morning to you. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. Top of the morning to you. Top of the morning. It's been a while. What was that? It's been a while. It I has been I feel like I've been, been gone while. for a while. Yeah. No, I. you know, especially after, like, you know, like being immersed in a workspace with you for uh for you know two weeks straight to just pump out all that content uh i will say that like you being missing from the show is like having like your like siamese twin just like cut off your side (laughs) so like it was kind of like it was it was fun to have blair on i love blair but then there's some things about you're the you're the co-host so like even when you become a superstar celebrity one day and you do like your once a year visit on the show or we've handed it off to some other person you're still gonna be the og so uh, it was nice though we kind of like parted ways but then we attacked things uh separately and we both are kind of killing it yeah we are killing it let's talk about how you're killing it because you killed it so much in the 48 and then you got to go to wahoo representing all of you guys i was representing the monavacaro team which was really fun so we got invited um to oahu for the screening of our 48 hour film and lo and behold guys we won so we got invited to hawaii film festival um, so we hopped on a plane, me and Jonathan, um, I went to Oahu with Jimmy and then Jonathan came with, um, to the big island and yeah, we represented Manavacow. They showed our short film and then they had us come up on to the stage and do a whole Q and A and it was really awesome. Like it was a great event and I'm like so excited we got to actually go and and, and support um, the Hawaii Film Festival. Dig it. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> but you've been busy doing your own thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, um, uh, yeah, there, there are points where uh, I, uh, I want to pull out the rest of my hair. I mean, I, you know what? Let me scale that back a second. Strike that. Reverse it. Okay, um, takes a lot to fit in a lot of this time to do this thing. Uh, not to discredit the people who have come out. I, I really want to say I appreciate all of them. But uh, I've now gotten to the part of the week where like, I can actually have room to say my own feelings about it. Um, because uh-huh. there's really like, in the getting to know the candidates phase, I can't interject too much. Some people have already called well, no- me to hear we're trying to meet the candidates yeah Yeah, exactly and i think there'll be a bigger debate space with them later but i think Mm -hmm. getting to know them is very important but uh but i um i feel that uh, we will quickly learn who is a viable candidate who is Mm -hmm. unaware of what it takes to be a candidate who is Way too smart to be running for that office. Why aren't they running for bigger things? Who is like it's a whole melange. There's not just one. There's not just two archetypes. There's no A or B type of a of a politician, you know. And then uh-huh. the funny thing is like they're across you know, the board. Yeah, yeah. You know the the average working person tries to pull the whole like I'm no politician, but it's like the second you're politicking, you're a politician. So yeah. it doesn't matter if it's your first time. 
or your daddy's 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 did it, you're a politician. So you you put your foot yeah. in the arena. So now you are. So um, I think I think there's uh, there's some interviews that will come out where people will definitely be like, wow, like these people really do see the world in nearly the same way as me. But why do we vote differently? Or you'll mm-hmm. see or you'll see a candidate that you'll be like 80 percent like, yeah, but then they just kind of like blindside you with a little bit of like there's a small dose of ignorance that might just make you go, uh, I don't know if I can vote for you. But, you know, I, and, and, I have to say, really interesting hearing all of your interviews and stuff, especially coming like, you know, I'm just I'm brand new to all of this. So just learning about it and, and learning that you're right. A lot of these people are just kind of like regular, regular, regular people. They are. They're, they're not talk- yeah. politician you know? yeah. That's what I was expecting all of them to be. No, yeah, no. Um, there's a few that are very by the book, but it's good to get the variety from the top to the bottom. Um, yeah. I think it's great because, like, I will say that, like, for the candidates that have yet to interview, if you're listening now because you're you're finally interested in getting interviewed, like, I I really have some key questions because you know what, like, um, I I was asked recently, um who, you know, who who would be interesting to vote for or what and what have you. And I got to say that, like, I can't give you that because, like, that's that's the part that I have to keep to me as the unbiased, on-air personality on this. I, I would like to juggle a few people. I think that later you will kind of see how I feel by the way that I ask them particular questions. But I... I uh I think that it, it's really told in the way that they respond to their questions. And so um mm. I I think that the funny part was is I never I did not expect this question to seem like a gotcha question cuz I like I promised in the email there are no gotcha questions and there aren't because you know what everybody should be able to answer the question of uh, what is the office that you're running for do. You know. Mm-hmm. So uh I will have to say that right now the candidates are about like an 80, 85% accuracy rating on telling me what their offices do. Um, mm-hmm. I do like the fact that you have people from different sides of the fence that they will give you the same definition, but they'll use different examples because they do it, they do it in different ways, but they more or less implement the same job. So it's, uh, it, you kind of like, I, I think that some parts people are like, why are you going to ask every council member what does their office do? It's because like either a, they're going to listen to the guy who said it right the first time and try to understand that and learn it. And we have now taught a politician who didn't know any better. Oh shit. This is what my job is. And maybe that will either. Yeah. You know? So I, cause there were some people that I will have to say this and I'm not going to name names. You just kind of have to listen. Like you're going to have to find out guys like, Especially for, like, Maui County doesn't realize that it votes for all the council members. So you're voting for people in districts that don't, like, they represent you as the island as a whole. Because the way that the island has to cooperate between its mokus. So, like, the council members really, like, you gotta you gotta know who they all are. You're not just voting for upcountry. You're voting for, you know, you're voting for Kahului on the ballot, too. You know, you're vo- you're voting for for you know everybody in the county, so mm-hmm. um, I think I think that's uh, if if people if people just listen, um, 
It wasn't a Maui candidate. I'll say that. No, we're special enough for that not to be an issue. But <laughs> but there are some but there are some other fun things about the candidates that you listen for. But there was there was somebody that did seem like they felt that the um, the office was more of a uh, like running for president of the uh, student body or something. You know, you know how like when you're running for class president in high school and you're like, everybody's going to have pizza on Fridays and and then there'll be a soda machine in the break room. And then the kids like, yeah, I'll vote for you. But so sometimes I feel that some of these candidates are like this and they don't I don't I think they could even give you are going to give us a soda machine. Yeah, no, we're not. We're not going to get a soda machine in our homeroom, Sarah. That's not that high school. (laughs) (laughs) We're still trying to get the kids to make it to high school. Um, But then I will have to say that there's a lot of mana'o for everyone to take in. A lot of these candidates are very well versed in both their community and the details of what the job entails. Even if some some of these people are running for this office and never held them before. Some people are running for these offices again. Some people just think that they can run for governor and they do. Some people just run for mayor and they do. People, these are politicians. Whether they are simple peanut farmers, collo farmers, I you know name them, bro. It doesn't matter. You know, uh, I will say that some candidates are a little more ballsy than others because I I I'm gonna start bringing it up on the show. Is we're gonna have to have the 420 discussion because I think y'all are a little repressed out, out here. And uh, as someone who was, uh, I don't know. I mean, to some degrees, I'm thankful for my time spent in California, but um, that is one thing. That they definitely just like fixed instantaneously and it fixed starting to fix our taxes and the surplus. I mean, California is about to have another huge ass surplus. So, like, really, folks, can we have the weed discussion in Hawaii? Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, who cares? Um, So, uh, there was a very interesting conversation I had uh, with a gubernatorial candidate. So, look out for that. There was a good conversation about it I had with a Senate candidate. Look out for that. And whether or not that you vote for people in these parties or they're even in your same party but you weren't considering them, maybe even consider what they have to say that you can tell the guy that you are voting for because in that way at least their positive ideas come through. So um, I will have to say uh, there, there's a lot there's a lot that people just have to figure out on their own with their own ears. Um, but I will have a lot of questions for these people in 30 days because i've given each of them a a, a 30-day handshake notice of i will talk to you again and they've all said yes so far so it's great great. circle back around yes so yeah so i mean as it looks we're we're staring at like almost 30 so far and so then that's gonna at least be 30 people every 30 days that we're talking to from different levels of the election and, uh, you know, and then the fun part is, is some of them may continue as regulars. Some of them may lose their election, but then they'll be on as, you know, and, yeah. and uh, you know, we can have them back as commentary because then maybe they can help continue the fight in all the right ways on a talking panel. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd really like this to be able to turn into a forum. Uh, part of me really just at this point wants to scoop KHON for like the midterm special. Like, I think at this point it's by like... Divine Providence, I must take uh, that spot in Wailuku. Uh, Uncle, you like rent them to me. (laughs) So uh, I think, uh, 
yeah, we we need to have an arena for these people to talk. Or I need to do like yeah. a college tour or something. But like, we're gonna have to figure that out. That's like next part of the equation. Uh, I'd like to be able to do in persons with some of these folks. Um, it'd be interesting. That and any excuse I could get to go everywhere in the islands for this would be great. Um, yeah. So I I am gonna be hiding in my cave a lot, just like talking on the phone for like the next couple weeks. But hopefully I'll come out of it in time, and uh, I'll be at that uh, OHA meeting on my at the end of the month. So I'll come out of my cave at the end of the month, and then y'all can see me in society. Um, moving along, um, because we could talk all day about these candidates, and we've already been giving them enough time on air, but weeknights at 7, and sometimes 8 if there's extra episodes, or 9 if there's thirdsies. And there's looking like cool. thirdsies, kids. Um, so, in happier news... Uh, Wizard yeah. of Oz, the deleted scene, still continuing strong at, uh, in theater. Um, we got Maui on stage education, the youth program, uh, they're playing, they're playing through 14th, 15th, 21st, and 22nd. MauiOnStage.com gets you tickets now. Support I'm going to go kids. see that. It looks adorable. It looks really cute. I'm really excited to see it. Right on, right on. And with that, we'll be back after an awesome message from Newsly. Moving forward. We live in a fast-paced world where many people are too busy to sit down and read books or news articles. But thanks to Newsly, you can now listen to the news you wish you had the time to read. By utilizing AI technology, a natural human voice reads you the news, helping you grasp the information faster and more efficiently. Newsly provides the latest news updates 24-7, letting you browse articles from topics you choose. It even has podcasts, including ours. And listeners of Rabbit Holes can get their first 30 days of premium for free allowing you to enjoy an ad-free experience by using the special promo code in our episode description. So download Newsly today for free on iOS and Android or visit www.newsly.me so you can stay updated on the things that matter to you. Moving forward. Backity back, 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 back. We back. We back. Guess who's back? And get you know what? You know what's back? Mo money, mo problems. Um, in the ongoing uh, questions of the economy, and you know we have been touching on it a lot with our candidates. It's been a very common thread. Is housing? Housing is coming up uh, as quite a conversation as. Um, Cost to buy and rent is starting to skyrocket, especially on Maui. Um, we're going to have to check into these numbers more, but oh. like as uh, some of the other agencies have been pointing out, just by looking at like Craigslist and Facebook as of lately. Um, getting crazy out there. It's skyrocketing. Just in the past year, I just recently saw today it was posted for a one bedroom house in Kihei for 3300 
One Wait, bedroom. What? How many square feet? I mean, it did not look updated or anything. I don't know how much square feet it was, but it was a one bedroom, looked like a kitchen, little dining, and a yard. Oh, okay. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, for 3300 Actually, they stopped the comments after an hour because people were going ape on there. Yeah, uh, well, you know what? That's like... They were about it. Because they, everybody has a right to be upset about it. There's n- there's no rental regulations in Hawaii. This, there's a reason why New York set rental laws. So that way you mm-hmm. wouldn't see price gouging like this. But yeah, we, we have a huge developing problem with housing yeah. going up because you have new resorts going in. You have new multi-million dollar homes coming in. So their modernness is raising the price of the neighborhood. And then some... Crazy real estate agent turns around and sells them, you know. And then, like, the other part is, is, like, some real estate agents don't feel like they have an effect on, like, deciding who gets to be in what in their community. But it's, like, could they all at least agree that, like, maybe sell local first? Because if you continue to sell to crazy millionaires just to get a crazy millionaire to move here... Like, they don't realize that they're upsetting the economy. It's just like people don't really care at this point, though. Everyone's just out for greed. Everyone's just out for their own buck. It's sad. Well, you know, I like to think that some people aren't. Um, I really hope that there are fixes for it. And I hope that some of these candidates and these um, these new politicians we're getting to know, I mean, it, it feels like a lot of them are aware, but I think that the implementation is starting to come too late into the game and Hawaii is yeah. going to feel certain waves of the economy, which is like, this is a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow right now. So, like, we're we're at a really tough point, like, economically. The country as a whole, because the way that the, the market's at right now, we're feeling that dead-end inflation on top of a bear market, and then we're going to hit a spike in the Fed, you know. And the, the Fed kept saying that, like, uh, you know, rates aren't going to go up. And then they turned around this last week and was like, the rates could go up. So then what happens when interest rates get higher and then the market's dead in the water and it's overinflated? We're a bloated corpse economy right now. And it's busting at the seams. And we have multi-million dollar homes aren't helping. The crazier part is, is if people were holding on to their homes right now, they would be just be richer Instead of, like, they don't realize, like, it's hard to tell people who haven't made a lot of money in their lives, like, how to keep a goal on certain things. So I feel that to a degree that, like, people don't understand, like, right now, if you close on a house and you get this, like, great deal of, like, yeah, my house is worth this much money. How long is it going to take you to, one, find a house that you want, two, move into it, close escrow, etc., before that price goes up more than what you just sold your last one for? So you're not making any win by buying a house with the value of your last house and not having any money left over. I mean, my old man, shit, he moved out of California and went to Ohio. And, uh, I mean, he just closed on a $400,000 home. It's 102 years old, and it's in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, right next to the Dannon Yogurt Factory. And, uh, yeah, like he closed in a week because the economy is like that clean out there. And like your guy who's got his shit together, the bank just goes here, please move into Mayberry. 
Like, yes. it's it's a pretty cool looking house, though. I'm kind of jealous. Like, if they could have a house like that in Maui at that price, I'd take it. But uh, I'm only going to Ohio for the snowy Christmases. Love you, Pop, but I'm not moving to Ohio. <laughs> uh, so the burgeoning problem, I guess, with, with the rent is, is we're about to hit a certain point where businesses aren't going to pay enough for you to have a job, right? So then yeah. you now have to go from four jobs to five jobs because rent is now. And then at the same time, the working class is going to turn and eat each other alive, which I have to say, man, like, it's you know, I kind of get it from the mainland, but like, bro, where's the aloha? Like, it's kind of missing right now. I don't get it because I'm seeing a lot of people in like, I like go clout jack the KHON feed, you know? So I'll go in there and I'll, I'll I'll cause a stink all day if I like sometimes, just to go see what the people are talking about, you know. And I find that from time to time, that the people don't know half of what's going on. They got these weird head cannons, and they're not they're not aware of what the real problem is. But I think that that's something that we'll cover a little bit more later in this because I'd rather extrapolate that point on the fantastical, uh, dare I say, the interesting challenge we've been uh, afforded this summer. But um, I could disappoint the world and talk about uh, rising rent. And I'm sure Sarah Sarah's just blessed to be in a good spot right now. So I don't think that she's too worried to go looking for a new place, are you? Thank goodness, no. I'm, I'm going to die in this house for what, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> for what I'm paying compared to what's out there. Shit. Yeah, no, abs- absolutely. I agree with you. I've seen your house. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah, stay there as long as you can, sister. All right, mm-hmm. so moving along, um, there is a measure that the uh, the state would like to ban the use of drones in uh fishing yeah and it's kind of a half and half right now because we we have this we have this debate of like well so do you understand anything about drone fishing sarah no i don't actually i this is the first time i'm hearing of this drone fishing well in a lot of cases drone fishing is using a drone to take your fishing line further out than it can normally go so like okay. you could, you could throw like a thousand feet of line, and then you could fish with that, but like that can yield you more fish. But mm-hmm. there is the downside of you are apt to have more trash lost in the ocean. So like how many oh. dr- the drone crashing in the water or all of the uh, like if you got cheap ass uh, fishing line, it just ends up getting caught in the reef. Or maybe you end up, because the line's mm-hmm. thousands of feet long, you, like, you slice a dolphin in half and don't even know it. Oh, no. Yes. Too many complications. I can see why people are worried about this. Yeah, yeah. I think it, like, because here's the funny part is, like, when I thought about drone fishing, in my mind, I had this Futurama idea that it was going to be, like, you fly the drone out and you drop the line and then you're picking up the fish with the drone. No. It's really the drone helps the line go out further, and that's drone fishing. Just because the drone's doing all the work of the throw. Driving all all over the place, just leaving its... Yeah. I think the challenge should be to drone operators 
is to create drones that are strong enough to fight an actual fish and you use the drones to get the fish out of the water. Or or we could just continue Whoa, to work. Oh, robot drones. Yeah, but then, I mean, but that would put real fishermen out of a job at that point because you would just be, like, using FPV operators to go fishing and then that would just create... No, you know what? Second thought, you know what? Just leave it as the casting the line thing. Scratch updating that because if there's one more yuppie sport that would bring a whole bunch of... Yeah, just be old about it. Catch your fish the old-fashioned way. Well, you know, funny you say that. There's actually a couple old dogs that have figured out the drone fishing and they like them. Oh, really? Yeah, that was the funniest part about like looking into all this. But I don't know. I, I think there's... Uh... I think there's a fair amount of room for either cause. I think as long as they can get their trash problem fixed with it, you know, or and not to be... catch dolphins. Yeah, I think there needs to be an awareness of like where you can drone fish or how you'll affect mm-hmm. the ecosystem. And then I also think that you know, there's also got to be like fines for leaving trash, you know, because yeah. I think because that's the thing is if they find your drone. Then like it's got a serial number on it. It's registered to you. They can look them up. So like you yeah. gotta pay the bill, man. You you put so your Paula anywhere else, in the ocean, right? You asshole. Yeah, right. totally. Right. So uh, mainland news. A weird thing happened, and I I would just kind of like make this the weird news of the week because you know what I think we're already dare I say uh, overworked on listening about all of this politics so early, um, but it's good for us that we are. So, um, my slice of, uh, mainland news for the week is just odd and horribly weird. Oh, okay. Now I'm even more interested. So there's this dude in South Carolina that died cardiac arrest while burying a woman he strangled. Wait, say that again? An old man killed a woman with his bare hands. And while he was trying to bury her, he had a heart attack and fell on top of the grave. Wow, that's karma right there, huh? I would suppose so. Uh, yeah. But like, what 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 kind of like post RoboCop purge world do we live in right now, where geriatric people are killing each other? That's crazy. That should be a movie. Yeah, but then again, it's like, do they know that like he? He killed her, or maybe maybe it was like a murder suicide pack. You never know. Never know. Something else people. must be involved in this. I mean, it's just too ironic. It's just yeah, yeah. Don't um, you think? Yeah, but then the, uh, so then there was, there was another thing that I actually noticed. Some somebody forwarded me a reel on Instagram. And there was this guy apparently on Joe Rogan, and he was talking about um, how scientists have discovered uh, people with Australasian DNA deep within a Borneo culture that people haven't seen in like 11,000 years. Whoa. Yeah, well, okay, so don't go whoa so fast because this is about to where I'm going to like break it down to you go like, oh, well, that explains it. So like before before anybody gets like, wow, 11,000 years, man, that's a lot of time. And, and how do those people from, yeah, so then like 
all of the Hollies are confused right now. And they're like, how did those people get in there? We're going to have to lead one investigation. And then it's like, bro, bro, you don't understand. Like. What happened? Like, well, no. So what most people don't realize is that Australasians and Polynesians were perfectly sailing the Pacific and most of the world for centuries before the known Western world. Okay. So, like, there's a huge paradigm problem that we're having here with, like, known navigational history. Um, Spain and America have um, this funny way of just propagating providence and myth over actual, you know, how history works out, how it is on papers. So uh, what most people don't realize is that up until the 1700s, the Western world didn't have a complete map of the world. That's why for a lot of the time, uh, most people on that side of the planet thought the Earth was flat. And we'll get into that more later. But oh, yeah. um, the the funny part of it is, is that the because of that, the West, the like the British map, the Spanish map, like the French map of the world wasn't really complete until they met Polynesians. And the Chinese. So it was through the those star maps and those navigation routes, they got the map of the rest of the world. Hawaiians had already been swimming around the rest of the world. We knew how to get to Britain. Britain just didn't know how to get to us. And that's the interesting thing. So, you know, and then also to understand the practice of Malama Hanua had been going strong for centuries from Hawaii. So, and that was even, you know, proto times. I mean, when you look at like, right now we're celebrating the anniversary of circumnavigating the world by visiting Tahiti right now. Okay. And so what people don't understand about like how deep our roots go, like Hawaiians been getting down with other first world nations since the dawn of boating. So like they're being... There being Polynesian people in a Borneo tribe from 11,000 years ago that, like, the West just found. Like, there's a reason why we didn't go back. We were like, sweet. We dropped off some some Hawaiians fell in love and stayed. Some, some Maori fell in love and stayed. Some Australasians fell in love and stayed. And that's how that DNA shows up in there. And then it's just like, great. We just didn't come back because we would have told you they were there had we not had our entire culture burned down by you know colonials coming in and going yeah you silly savages and it's like call us savages we mapped the world before you did and you guys took all the freaking credit so yeah so i mean you know and that's the thing is like the the western star map and world map wasn't complete until they visited the pacific if it weren't for polynesia the the australasian continent all of that stuff there would be no full western map of the world there would be no understanding i mean Outside of, like, all the known tests that allowed people to find out that the world was a globe. But, like, it really cemented it because we understood through star maps and navigation maps that there there was something that we were missing in in the way that we charted the world. And it's because we needed Mm -hmm. to better understand its operation as a sphere. Gotcha. Yeah, so I, I just like I, I think that's kind of when when I, I feel that that has to be brought up when when there are absolutely yeah Explain that stuff it's good well I mean I think that there's like some some 
mainlanders for some reason have to like they have to be like in search for dr livingston level like tarzan shit with us sometimes you know and it's just like pat you on the head what do you know type of thing you know it's like what what do i know what do our people know how how many centuries have we been sailing around the world and you guys turn us into a little just a colony and tell us yeah. that you know we got to do things your certain way and it's like we were already doing just fine sailing the world with our own two hands like mm-hmm. and for those of you who uh who don't understand uh we'll, we'll put some stuff in the show links uh the show notes uh that way you can see like the boats that are out going around the world right now you can follow the hokulea crew the hikiani all those guys um it's a really great way to understand hawaii's contribution to the world and also take into account like all these ritual systems that we have they've been there for years so even when hawaii couldn't remember what hawaii's duty was these countries remembered hawaii and so there are always a passage into countries that, like, you wouldn't think that, like, oh, Hawaiians wear, you know, like, you were there, like, okay, Taiwan, try them. Okay, Saipan, do them. Okay, Tahiti, right on. But then you're like, what about, like, Puget Sound, you know? And so then that's, like, the crazy part is, like, we, we've known how to sail all the way to the east coast of the Americas multiple times long before the west even claimed it as the united states of america and we have rituals that exist with tribes that have been there for over ten thousand years until they were extinguished by the flame of colonialism so it's i i think that there needs to be a little bit more of awareness to indigenous history and what we bring to the table you know, yeah. but uh, I I think I think enough about that. And when we come back, we're gonna have a little some fun like conversation about movies. But then we're gonna go, we're gonna start opening a rabbit hole that may take us all summer to Ooh. figure out how to I don't know how you would solve it. Solve it's not a word. No, uh, document it. That might be the best word. So who knows? After these messages. Moving forward. <laughs> Get help. It's never your fault. It doesn't matter what you were wearing, what you were drinking, or what you agreed to in the past. Sexual assault is never your fault. Support is available 24-7 through the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Call 1-800-656-HOPE or visit RAIN.org. That's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. Remember, it's not your fault. Moving forward. I finally made it on time to something in the theaters recently. And I got to see I got to see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Have you seen it yet, Sarah? Oh, was it good? Yes, I will try not to spoil it for you, but I will have to say to the nerdiest of the nerds out there, this is probably Sam Raimi's best thing he's done since Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire. So if you liked that, like there were a lot of uh, a lot of throwbacks, all the classic Sam Raimi like things that have to be Sam Raimi. Um, 
So uh, for those of you that know the Sam Raimi tropes, yes, his car is in it. Uh, yes, Bruce Campbell's in there. Uh, the Bruce Campbell cameo is really cute. Uh, I'm, I'm betting that with with Sam Raimi's good help, uh, Bruce Campbell could probably be the replacement to the Stan Lee cameo. And and I, I would totally be okay with that. I'd, I'd be okay with that. Um, as far as understanding, like how crazy the movie gets without spoiling it, it does go into the multiverse. There are cameos of characters that you have seen before. There are characters, cameos of characters you have not seen before. Um, but most of their lives don't matter because they're like in an infinity of other universes. So it's like a really good sampling of characters that you might be able to get to see in the future. Um, I'm not going to give away which ones, um, but there were, there were a lot of, uh, dare I say, uh, weird ass fanboy conspiracy theories about who was going to show up in it. And I will say that a couple of, one of the biggest ones that like fans were like, is that really? And then like the actor was like, no, it's not me. Um, I will say, yes, it was him. And only those of you that paid attention to that will know what that means. Anybody else that's oblivious to that conversation, I just saved you guys a spoiler. And then when you turn around and you see it, then you know. And then when you know, we all know. The end. <laughs> but I would highly suggest going to see it. Good scene. Um, have you seen anything else? Uh, you know, I, uh, I, I finally got around to start watching... Uh, Aquafina is Nora from Queens while I'm at uh -huh. the gym. It's like, you know, 20, 30 minutes on the bike. I can kind of get an episode in. So, like, I've been treating myself on the on the gym bike every morning by watching Nora from Queens. And I will say I'm sad I waited this long. But then at the same time, I'm glad I waited this long because now I get to watch two seasons of it. Mm -hmm. um, there was even um, that they've got jokes of all shapes and sizes in there. But I will say it is uh, it's it's live action Family Guy with uh, with Aquafina. That's I mean that's probably the best way to put it. Sounds awesome. Yeah, no, um, I mean it gets pretty raunchy sometimes. Um, the grandma character is fucking hilarious, <laughs> and yeah. she deserves a a freaking BAFTA. She does. Um, and uh, B D Wong, I I dig B D Wong playing her dad. Uh, I have watched him my whole life. I've watched him grow up on Law and Order, uh, and it's it's really cool to see him in a in a much different character. So I dig it. Yeah, I mean, because really, like most people, really only know B D Wong for uh, being the uh, the children's therapist on Law and Order SVU, and then what else was he? I mean, and that's the thing. It's like I mean, he was just such a mainstay. Oh yeah, and then he was the doctor, uh, the Velociraptor making doctor in the Jurassic Park movies. And eventually it becomes a, a bad guy oh! in the Jurassic Park series. So um, it's it's really good support cast. I'm digging where the stories are going. Um, I just got to the point in season one where she's finally gone back to China because she's been aqua-hired. And I think that's really like... It does a really good job about like touching on certain cultural tropes that are currently going on with uh you know um older asian americans and older chinese americans uh in in our generation that are touching on like lifestyle quirks 
Um, I, even from a Hawaiian perspective, you know, a mixed Asian family too, is that uh, it re- it hits the notes. It really hits that the notes of Lost on the Mainland. And then I feel mm-hmm. to some degree, like, even the whole her moving back to China, I feel sometimes, like, when I'm moving from California to Hawaii and returning to my family roots and, 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 and trying to make Maui work, you know, for my family. Like, I, I kind of, I, I feel it at some of those points. And even the comedy points. Like, it's, it, it's good. It's relatable. I'd have to say that, like, uh, you know, even if you don't get half the culture, you're still going to get a good laugh. But then that's going to help you realize that there's not much that separates you from, you know. So, um, I think Aquafina is a freaking genius. Uh, I could watch her in just about anything. Um, like I said in uh, a previous episode, I've always wanted to spec a Apple Dumpling Gang movie, and I would put her in it. Aquafina, if you're listening, let's do that. Disney Plus, if you're listening, listen to Aquafina if she's into it. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Uh, have you been watching anything, Sarah? You know what? I haven't. I need to catch up on. There's so many things that you actually told me that I needed to watch, and I still haven't seen yet. Mm. Well, maybe we'll get a report on those soon. Uh, but yeah, you know what? We do have lots of time to talk about, though. Um, there was an interesting, uh, well, dare I say interesting. Um, someone has solicited the show to be a guest. And uh, they uh, they came oh, up I- in our uh, they came up in our comments section and was like you need to have your minds blown by Flat Earth Dave, and I'm yeah. like, well, uh, I want my mind. Bless your heart. Um, mine doesn't need to be blown. You probably won't blow it, but if you want to try, bless your heart. Uh, sure. Let's, let's sign you up. But like, you know, so, um, after we get through the regular season and all these political interviews, and I have some time to really dedicate to this, I will be, uh, I guess, you know, we'll probably end up doing like a whole mini segment series leading up to it. And then we'll talk to him. Um, I did tell him to listen in. Maybe we could use part of this time as, because in that way he has, he's got, ample time to make his case and make it good so that way when he comes on here i mean but not that there's much of a case to make because there's like a million things that prove the earth is round so um but like i i kind of feel that like half of what's at the root of the flat earth theory is really weird christian incel kids i don't know i don't know we'll figure it out either way i want I mean, this guy looks like he's traveled the world, yet for some reason he still can't, like... I mean, you know, the funny part is, is, like, if you really wanted to have the conversation about the Flat Earth thing, and, like, for you, like, 40,000 Americans out there that are... I'm sorry, like, I'm trying to be really nice right now. I'm trying to be really understanding, all right? Just, Lord, give me the Aho Nui to be able to understand these folks, Okay. So, <laughs> I'm not a so praying man, but I have to pray YouTube. before I say this. This is just going to be extremely entertaining for me to watch you two. Um, well, well, no, it'll be a talk, but uh, I, I'm not scheduling a video time with him just because, like, I want to guarantee that. Well, like, we're not doing a video with him. No, no, we're just going fun because upcountry signal no guarantees. 
You know, that and I also I don't know where I'm going to be. I could be mainland or I could be up country. I could be on a set somewhere in a weird ass place. So like it would yeah. the, the safety is he's gotta be standard phone call, especially if I am up country, just so that we know that like we have him on straight and it doesn't seem like there's any tricks. Cause I also don't wanna like I don't wanna cut any breaks. He's only giving me thirty minutes, so I'm gonna use the whole thing. So, like, yeah. if you hear me at any point in time losing it or him or whatever, it's the rock cut. Okay? Um, yeah. Rock but... cut. It's got to be very authentic. Exactly. So, um, I, w- I will have to say that, like, because I know people who've circumnavigated the globe, and they can tell you by, you know, touching the waters of everywhere in the world um, that it is most certainly spherical. Um, I, I just, I, the thing that I'm not, I can't wrap my head around in it is the, uh, the whole ice wall at the edge of the earth. Like I can, okay. If you believe in silly sky gods that like could make the, I mean, I, and you know what people who believe in deities or whatever, that's nothing against you. It's nothing against pagans, nothing against Christians, nothing but, but like this feature of the, flat earth theory has got a lot of um christian bible eccentricities should we say because like that's okay. where they that's where they pull part of it from see so i need you... that i gotta do my own research to see what like these theories are typical of like what the flat earth you know what they think because i have no idea uh okay well so to give you a brief history but i will tell you um there's a good documentary on Netflix called Behind the Curve. You can watch that. Ooh, okay. uh, you will be thoroughly entertained on every level because you get science and you get a good laugh because, bless ah. their hearts, they tried and then they still didn't accept reality. So that's why you get a good laugh because that that's the hard part is, like, you can't try to, like, shove it down the throat. Convert, unconverting flat earthers. And that's where I feel that, like, this is more of a lesson and this is more of a, you know, okay, you can come out on display. I'll, I will let you be on my show, but you have to recognize that, like, my show means I'm going to use you my way. And you're, you're a lesson of what not to be. And, and if they're smart enough to listen in advance and hear this, then they have to recognize what they're signing up for. Because it is... Um, the Earth had been proven... Uh, round multiple times, even without the use of satellites or us getting to space. Um, they, they're, um, there's really cool devices that you can actually use to, to prove that the Earth is, is round. There's, there's some ancient mechanisms, actually, that we'll talk about these in future episodes that can uh, you, you could simply put these to practice at home. Cool do-with-your-kids STEM activities, even. Like, you and Coco could go out and do this whole, this is how you know the Earth is round. You know, mm-hmm. uh, on top of the fact that, like, on a good day, you can stand in haiku and see out on the horizon and you would think a boat is on the same level as you because that is a feature of the curvature of this planet. OK, so which mm-hmm. I there are even some things that the flat earthers will try to tell you to dissuade you. Um, the funny part is, is like uh, some flat earthers are such outright deniers of Earth being round that they will tell you that certain devices are fake and that all they have is anecdotal evidence, but they can swear that all the tech, the science and technology isn't real. And it's just, it's supplanted material. Wow. But yeah, check out that documentary. Um, 
it's behind the curve. Behind the curve. Okay. Yeah, behind the curve uh, on the Netflix. Curve. Uh, there's a couple other things that you can read. Um, there's a there's a good uh, article from Physics World I can show you. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll go over the history of people who believe the Earth is flat. All the weird different versions of the theories of how people think the world is flat. the The biggest theory of it is that it is a flat disc, and at the edge of it is a giant ice wall, and that's what we can't see around. And we are trapped inside of a dome. We're trapped inside of a giant cosmic glass dome and the sun is inside of that dome with the moon yes what yes yes i when you look at the map a lot of things don't make sense what yeah so there's this whole like at at, and here's where the part where you just kind of like as as a logical person you disconnect and you just go really really because if i think any hard about this my eyes gonna twitch but they do uh, to the degree that, like, it's a part of their religious belief. So then oh, wow. it's so then it so then there's this whole concept that that there is a that their their version of Christian God uh, supplied this whole like. Did you ever see the Truman Show with Jim Carrey? Yep. That's what they believe it is. That's what they think is going on. They think it's a gigantic set on display and people have thought this for years even before jim carrey showed up in that movie so um yeah and there are multiple models of this uh, at any given time really only less than like a percent of the population ever believes in flat earth it's really um it wasn't much of a movement for a couple hundred years because even like the simplest of folks went oh okay cool world's round who knew um but flat earthers kind of hit a resurgence in the 1800s entering America. And it, and it's actually been a subculture in America since the birth of America. So like, really? yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Yes. Yes. Fascinating. So, yeah. And that's why I feel that we have to talk to people like this. Cause then it's, how do you like, how do how do you comprehend living next to that and figure it out? Uh, the other crazy part is, is like, the guy, the guy is like merchandising this. Like he wears like hoodies that say like Flat Earth Dave on it, and he oh. uh, he has an app for a flat Earth cloth. <laughs> Wait, what is a, on the app? What kind of information's on the app? Well, he's just gonna take your data. That's what he's gonna do because that's all apps are for. Apps are for taking your data. So like, oh, and if okay. he's not taking your data, he's that- wasting the app. Um, but no, it's, uh, it's, it's a silly tchotchke to try to support his theory. So it's, it's essentially a digital clock and that shows you. And so like the weird part is, is instead of, instead of using the natural model of the universe and having planets orbiting each other, the earth is supposed to just have the sun and the sun is, has directional light and it just sits on top of the earth and it rotates around it like hands on a clock. Yeah. Um, they also believe that in many cases the moon landing was faked. Um, they they don't believe that satellites in most cases are real, even so though you can see them in the sky as they as they, they fly and zip across it. Uh they most most flat earthers do not believe in the idea that we have been to space at all because that would mean that you'd gone through the dome and you can't go through the dome. So yeah. 
No, and that's the that's the level of disconnect. So so his reasoning is not going to be there. So either A, he's trolling, which they usually are not. That's the thing, even trolls don't even go this far. So like we are gonna have to have a level of like open mindedness of this poor soul just doesn't get it. So like there's gonna okay. be points where I'm gonna try to hold myself back, and then there's gonna be points where like I can't lose it because like if it really does get annoying then you just kind of have to let them be annoying. Because if you sit there and you try to voice over them or you try to tell them what for. It changes mind. It's we're just basically want to listen to what he's got to say. Exactly. But then we also have to keep the audience aware. So um, he will more than likely go inside of a segment, inside of a segment. So essentially what will happen is I'll do the interview and then Sarah and I will listen to the interview and then we'll do an episode around that interview and then but in the meantime we're gonna talk about something as simple as the earth is round because it turns out that there are enough people in this country that think that the earth is not a spherical object floating in space rotating at a certain amount of miles per hour they don't even believe in gravity some of them do not believe in gravity that that, that gravity is this yeah no that it, it it's all props and display, and then that's the weird part. A lot of it really falls onto the theory. display. What? Yes. Like I told that's that's why this I didn't. This is so crazy to me. It is so cr- what, well, and then that's the other thing is like I recognize that giving this a platform is a weird thing because like the people in in the flat Earth community they will start coming out. So if we do oh. a good job. At, at just even saying things that disprove it, the Flat Earth Army will come out. They're going to be coming out the woodwork, aren't they? Uh, well, you, to a degree. There, well, there's not a lot There's not a lot of them in general. I mean, just to give you an idea, like, the biggest Flat Earth conference had, like, I think it was, like, 4,000 people attended in a weekend at some, like, Marriott in the middle of nowhere. But, like, there's about 40,000, like, all throughout the United States. But, like, some of those people may even be bots. Some of those might even just be compromised. I don't know. But we're going to find out. Maybe we'll even invade a flat earth convention along the way. I don't know about that. But we'll see. But we have to do it with caution because anybody listening right now is impressionable. And I, and I have to tell you guys, there's going to be a lot of debunking going on on the show because that's a rabbit hole in itself. And I love debunking things because I, I feel it's always really extremely fascinating. You always know so much about the subjects. So I uh, yeah, I think that this is a rabbit hole worth going down. Especially like it's a it's a good fun distraction after we've all gone through the primaries, because it'll be a really yeah. good break, and maybe we'll have some good laughs at Comic Con with it. So I uh, yeah I, I I think I think um, I'm ready for this. I mean, not to say that like I you know I'm not gonna be that guy that just goes bam urges round bro. And I think that that's what like half of these guys expect. Um, mm. So I I would have to say if he is listening. Um, be aware, you know, just the whole factor of, you know, island life that, that clearly points out, like, especially like trapped in the middle of nowhere island life, you can really cleanly see horizon lines and, and just curvature of the earth naturally. Also just the whole, you know, point of view perspective on the top of an island versus what's at sea level. Um, there's quite a few other physics things that we can cover 
that will uh, just help prove the roundness of Earth. But we'll we'll go there slowly but surely. We got we got until July until he comes on. But uh, I don't want this to take up all of our weeks because I re- I really don't. I mean I I could pretty much write the paper in a weekend to disprove him. Um, most of us could. But uh, I'd like to be able to not be like overwhelmingly tired from interviewing um, candidates because yeah. I I would I think it's more the fact that like my my mental faculties are still there when I'm this pooped. But I I feel that I would probably get a little like hangry and hangry would lead to on air angry. And then like from being tired, tired on top of that, then I would just like, I'd seem like way too much of a dick and I'm already a dick enough on air sometimes. (laughs) So I, out of respect to you, flat earth, Dave, I, uh, I will set aside mental wellness time before engaging with you. I don't need the extra time to research. That's not a freaking problem, bro. I just, I need to make sure that I don't like, murder you on air with my words so like because I, I, I can get dark i can like people have heard it i mean shit the last episode we talked about abortion like we get dark around here sometimes so um so i think that in response to all the darkness lately there must be lights and the light at the end of the tunnel is figuring out the whys and hows of the silly world of flat earthers and i know it's kind of been done before but I, you know what? It's my show. Let's do this. Like I, I kind of, it's like, a, it's like a podcaster's like checklist, you know? So like, this is one of those things that I got to go check. We're going to go through our debunking phase and we'll, we'll start with the flat earth podcast. Cause then the crazy part is, is like how many people believe those things that can vote. That's scary. Yeah. These people are of voting age. Some of these people own businesses. Some of these people sit on the boards of companies. Yes. And some of these people are now considered celebrities in their community. Wow. So, I mean, it shows you on multiple levels what misinformation can do. And I think that that, especially in an election year, looking at flat earthers is a great way of taking a look at the methodologies of worship and coping through worship and trying to always make make it make sense even when it doesn't make sense because that's that's going to be the hardest thing to fathom about this guy when there's going to be a lot of circular talking that's where a lot of these guys go you'll ask them about like what about this the cult talk yeah where they're just like basically run circles around you huh well and and you're like, wait what did you just say you explained nothing you explained nothing yeah and there's gonna there's gonna be a lot of that and then there's gonna be a lot of cases where they're given they're gonna be given uh you know, examples, but then they'll turn around and just discredit the examples by saying, well, it was built by so-and-so, so you can't trust it. So there, there's yeah. a lot of, you know, bias that's generated of, well, if I haven't seen it, it must not be real. And so then it's like the whole human race has agreed on this for centuries. Um, it's really just proven by getting up in the morning and looking out at the horizon. If you, if you know how, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's interesting, and I want to be able to put my whole brain into it. But uh, enough about that. Let's not dilly dally. Uh, I think everybody should go out and enjoy this Sunday because you know what? You got a lot of heavy listening coming this week. You got studying coming up. I've got more candidates coming out my ears. Probably gonna have them coming out in twos for the next like two weeks at least. I I think there'll be I think there'll be three out. 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I'll probably throttle back down to two. But it's just so many. I never thought that, like, I am a glutton for punishment, you know, but I'm down. We're going to figure it out, and we're going to get there. So with that being said, Sarah, would you like to say anything to the folks at home before we highlight? Just um, thanks again for tuning in, and um, make sure you're catching all of these uh, Meet the Candidate uh, little drops from Kavika. Right on. Again, mahalo everybody for listening. Uh, stay tuned for more episodes and uh, more crazy election special coverage. I just had to interview every candidate. Mahalo once again for all the candidates coming out. And uh, we'll be back next Sunday for another wonderful episode of Rabbit Holes. Aloha. <gasps>Rabbit Holes is a Manavakal production. This episode was produced by Kavika Hoke and Sarah Rodriguez. Make sure to subscribe and follow on your favorite podcast platforms to add our weekly episodes to your queue.